and this is the first small group discussion. We've just had two grounding days with the cohort of 62 artists and it's been like pretty intense and good and um, and a small, this small group discussion should, should be exactly like this. It should be informal, um, all of us contributing to the discussion uh, and for us to just deep dive down into a, a topic. And the first two discussions today, this one and the next one, are actually related to each other. Um, but firstly, I'd like to acknowledge the First Peoples of this land, from whose wisdom and generosity we are constantly learning. We are... Uh, where we are and the history that precedes us informs how we work and how we move forward. So I'd like to pay my respects to the traditional owners on the lands that we've gathered, the Wadjuk people of the United Nations. We've had a really beautiful welcome to country morning, actually, on our, at the beginning of the half, which I think was a really good way for the cohort to come together around that. Um, so this, we're just going to talk about residencies and community practice. Um, this was something that uh, Sam and I, this is Sam from Circle West, we were talking about, I feel like oftentimes we have a lot, of, I know in the presenting and producing circles we have a lot of discussions about residencies and um, oftentimes they don't go anywhere. We have a discussion and then it finishes and then we, nothing happens. Um, so we thought it would be really good actually for, for artists to come together and talk about you know, what makes a residency work, what are the challenges and um, the art practice of, of them. To begin with, I think it would be good if we can just quickly just say who you are and um, where you're from, if you're from somewhere else, and, and if you have a practice or, or how you want to describe yourself, I guess. Um, just so we have a, a perspective of, of who's in the room. Okay, we'll just make it quite quick. Do you want to start, Nathan? Oh, hi, I'm Nate. I'm from K4, which is Vidali Bujo, which is down south. And I work at the Entertainment Centre in the in-house artist fair. In Bunbury. In Bunbury, okay. yes. Cool. Hi, Kaya. I'm Georgia King. I'm from here, Perth. I'm an independent producing artist. Um, that's, all, that's all I'll say. <laughs> I'm Rita. Um, I'm a dub from Albany. Uh, I'm Rich, I'm a dancer and choreographer. Uh, Kaya, I'm Godfrey, 
So to be invited to go into that community of 100 women, I had a lot of trust already embedded in that community. So I was able to go around and collect really first thoughts because I love trusting through that process. So that's where it started, was threads of ideas from women, first responses, impulses to who am I as a woman in 2017, what's important to me. And so from that Women's Day, Where you so decided I'm going to do a project, and then how did you fund? Like, did you get funding for that? Did you? How did you make that happen? So initially, I didn't even think about it. I just didn't know what it was going to be, and I find it quite challenging to go for funding when I don't know what I'm going to, what it's going to become. Mm. So I wove that story in my own time, in my own practice, as a as a writer, as a performance writer. Story Weaver is what I gather and weaver all those words, and they all come through the story. So the idea was I then went back to that same place with the idea, and I worked with my close colleagues there over the next year developing that story myself, and then said, okay, well, what I want to do is present this back to the women a year later at the same event, and then we'll see. Where, whether we fund it, what we do with it. But I want to take it back to the community first to see if it resonates with them, what I have been able to weave from their threads is valid for them. So that's, that was my initial process. And then at that point, did you, when they said, yeah, they had some, some sort of energy yeah. for that? So the first time, if, if we're talking funding, the first time I went for funding for it was actually just pre-COVID. Um, so uh, partly because of family circumstance, I had to put it down for, for a, quite a long period. Um, and so I picked it up and went to performing loans and done with it federal development. So I, a project that this beautiful project that had had great resonance and I'd done some private storytelling with Put it down, had to put it away, and then Jermaine really came to our writer's festival. Me too happened, da da da, and I'm going, it's calling me. It's like, I don't want to be in the bottom drawer anymore. <laughs> so I pulled it out, which was, and went to Donny River, which is a, a, a regional version of this similar process, and received some outstanding mentorship, I might say, um, especially from Anna Reese, who essentially was just very pleased to see. Asked me, so to have a mentor in the development of a project who can see a big picture but also really dig into you. So her questions were, um, what does, what, what do you want to do with this, blah, 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 really key questions to get me, and then go, okay, reaching in with audio, but you know, many women's voices, audio project, and, and you know, she does simple, very concise feedback. So I just went, okay, great, took it, applied for funding. Just as COVID hit. So that regional arts round, which some of you may have been in, just when COVID hit and didn't get that funding. What I did get was Johnson. And we have an artist, my husband's also an artist, he got job keeper. We couldn't both get job keeper. I went to, for Johnson. I got job keeper and I went, okay, here we are. 
there for four weeks there collecting stories about people's relationships with their mums. Then we distill those stories and present them as headphone verbatim performance with live accompanying music that's written in response to the stories. And with that is also like a, an installation. So we, after the end of each show, we invite the audience to write an anonymous letter to their own mum and we've been collecting those and so we fill the space with those letters and we also give people homemade bread and homemade jam and tea and so it's a bit of a, yeah, anyway. Um, so that's that project. So but tell me how, tell us, because <laughs> I guess it's just different from Margot's mm. in that you're actually bringing an idea into a, into a community. Yeah. So you're you're kind of coming from the opposite where Margot is, 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 is finding something and, and evolving that, whereas you're, you're saying, this is my here's the model. Yeah, here's the model. Who, yeah. Who wants to talk about their yes. mum kind of a thing. Yeah, so we already, what's well, established, the, the, the model of working is established. We kind of know how we're going to to do it. The only thing we don't know is who will share the stories, what the stories will be, and therefore what the music will be. Yeah. And also, like, we respond to the space as well, because we never know what space we're going to be in, if it's a gallery or performance space or whatever, to then responding to what to what that is going to look like will be different. So what are the, what's your process of finding partners? So just say you did, you did it in Midland. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you, have, you have your model yes. and you need to go to a place and then find who your partners are, who, who you want to engage in that project in order to record their stories. Do you and mean the participants to yes. yeah. and, and the partners, like how do you find them? Yeah. Um, so with Midland, we had talked about wanting to do the project in Midland previously, and then Ian Grandage was also interested in making a work in Midland, this work in Midland. So they, and we, I really love Midland Judgment Art Gallery as a space. It feels, I don't know how to articulate other than it just feels right for our project. Mm -hmm. um, and so the festival put us together with that venue. Um, but often we, find the venues ourselves, like the galleries, or we identify the community and then maybe look for a space that's suitable within that community. Um, with the city of Gosnells, we had partnered with the Don Russell, but we really didn't want to put the show in that venue. So we found with them um, Wilkinson Homestead Museum, which is like this cute little old colonial house that's like in Gosnells. And we made the show in that museum. Um, in terms of the participants, generally it's like a, a <coughs> call out through our networks and through the networks of the presenter. So the gallery will put a call out and we'll put a call out. And generally from that you get a lot of um, white women between the age of 30 and 60, which is great and I'm one of those people so that's fine but then if we want to get a little bit more interesting then we have to find other groups like um, approach like men's sheds, mothers groups, um, multicultural groups, First Nations groups to see if there are people in there who we can connect with to share their stories. And then you gather stories, um, record them, perform them back alongside music that's been composed specifically around those stories and people. Yeah. But then, and then how do you engage the people from that community to come and see the stories of their community? That's a great question. I don't know. I don't have a really good answer to that. Like, how do we let everyone know that it's happening kind of thing? Yeah. 
we try, I mean, really we've been relying on the participants who've shared their stories and their families, mm. but that's not reliable because people are very terrified of like how they're going to be perceived in their own community. Not until after they've actually seen it that they go, oh, I see what this is now. I wish I'd brought all of these people to this. So that's actually a constant challenge, to be honest. Um, the benefit of doing out a metro shows is that, for example, there, this group of girls who came and saw it at Midland, who then came to Gosnells and then also came to Kalamunda. So then you kind of can build those. When, when you're not going far and wide, people can drive for 45 minutes to see it somewhere else in the metro area. And uh, yeah. because you've also done that project um, in regional communities, mm -hmm. um, do you find it easier, like in Kawarama? Yeah, it's, I, I find it, I, it's easier because we're living there. Yeah. So that's a big challenge about doing a residency for us in the metro area that we're not actually living in that suburb. We're going home at the end of the day and we're not there on the weekend. Whereas when you're going to a regional community... We're yeah. living there and we're talking to people all the time. Like we're talking to people at the pub, we're talking to people at the bakery, we're talking to people in the supermarket. So there's a constant awareness of like who we are and what we're doing there. And you build audience that way. So lots of the time the audience in, say, Albany weren't necessarily people connected to the story sharers, but they were people that we've just met and like connected with in the community. And the other good thing about that is for the musicians, like the music responds to the stories, but it also responds to the place. Yeah. So like the rhythm of the town and the kind of feeling of that town. So they're, they're getting information for the songs from everywhere, not just the content of those stories. Yeah. So like we can be in Kalamunda from, you know, 10 till 3, you know, a few days a week. It's just not the same as being there every night and on the weekend in terms of like generating the content. So there's pros and cons. Sometimes it's nice to sleep in your own bed. Yeah. But yeah, there's something about the richness of actually being in the place for that whole time. Yeah. But with that then comes if you're travelling to a different place a lot more cost. Huge. Yeah. It's expensive anyway, because you're paying four artists full time for however many weeks. Yeah. How many weeks? Stitch, we, it's five week residency, so that's three weeks of story collecting and generating the music, and then three weekends of shows. Bystanders are another week that's only three weeks. Still a long time to pay for others. Yeah, it's great that you get those. It's great that you're doing that. I guess, uh, I mean, one of the kind of drivers as well of this conversation too is that, you know, with COVID, things have changed so much and on a national level um, there's just so much resonance now about artists making work locally and connecting to their individual communities and how important that is for us right, right now. Um, so I do think that there's just actually a lot of opportunity for us to be working in this area um, because we're not going to be travelling around and I certainly know on an, on, in the national conversation it's, it's really um, Chloe lives in Meriden. Um, and you'd like to tell us about something Last year that changed really radically.
which is that instead of being able to travel like I usually did, I was kind of confined within my own community. A lot of people don't go this, but we weren't allowed to travel out of our community to Perth. They put a, a border for us kind of around our town, so that's where we got to stay for a bit. Um, and it was in that time that I decided I wanted to do what I had up to that point in my career done everywhere else. I've always been an artist who does residencies, even if I practice in the UK, we go into communities, we make stories with communities because that's why I got into the arts. We had artists come out to my community when I was a kid. If that didn't happen, I wouldn't be here, I would still be in the back. Um, so I could see the value of doing it and it's part of my practice, it's something that I've always really admired, but I've never done it in my community because that felt really vulnerable. But COVID was like, well, you're here now, so you're gonna have to do it. <laughs> Good time to learn. And my first discovery from my community was that they didn't want to do performing arts. And I was like, well, that's my practice, so what are we gonna do with this? And so we decided to form a collective, or an incorporated body called Meridian, where we drew upon 10 people within our community. They didn't have to be artists, they just had to be able to see the potential for art within the community. They didn't have to have a solid understanding of art. People in, in where I'm from, when I think we talk about regional, we get really good at talking about the coast or deep inland. There's this middle space, and this middle space finds art really vulnerable and confronting, and they don't like it. And performing arts to them is the most vulnerable and confronting, and they really don't like it. And so it was a lot of finding people in our community and going, we want to do this project. We want to, we want to turn Meriden into a community that doesn't poop with arts, um, that doesn't get scared of silos, it split the town. That's just how they operate, that's how our town is, they're very divisive. And we were like, we have the opportunity right now to try to find ways of bringing our town together uh, in non-competitive ways. Our town comes together for sport, but that's competitive, it's against everyone else. Our town doesn't do good at coming together for itself, and it needs to do that because our town is heading quite significantly for reasons that I won't go into today. Um, and so we decided to give ourselves one year to try and do a residency project in which we wanted to build context within our community for what art is and the value of art, so that within the communities we could start doing performing arts projects. <coughs> Visual arts is really great, it's fun, it has its, it, it can do wonderful things, but there's something wonderful about, I guess, like the ephemeral nature of performing arts. It can be really responsive to what's happening in that moment. It can generate conversations in a way that public art sometimes can't, because public art has to be something that's longitudinal, it has to have a different lifespan. So we've been working in the community. Our project started officially in February. We've got 56 young people, 24 artists who are now sculpture makers. So that's how we talk about our community. As soon as they come onto the project, you're no longer Alex, you're now sculpture maker Alex. Uh, you're either part of the Sunday squad or the Saturday squad. We've found that tribe, building tribe names has been really important, building tribes within our community is very important. And we have drop-in sessions, which happen in the mornings. You come into our space, we have all the tools laid out, and you point to the tool you want to work with and teach you. We now have women teaching welding, we have women teaching paper grinding, we have women teaching work tools, because our community is very male-driven, and we wanted to give an opportunity for women to come into a space to feel a sense of confidence, and also a sense of independence. A lot of women talk about how their husbands gatekeep, and it means that they can't be independent, and they really want to be independent, and so we're teaching them these skills that make them more independent, but also allows them to invite their partners into the space to come and help them. So we really are focusing on the women. Not that we're advertising that, that's just how it's kind of happened to draw people into the space. Our goal with the project over the next few years, so they're all creating.
seven sculptures in the community that will be part of the sculpture trail. We have two murals going into the community. We have one school-wide exhibition happening in the community because we have been on board the Mikachu. And we have our pottery workshops happening specifically targeted uh, men. And so they get to sawdust fire pottery. So they come in with their pottery in a bin and set it on fire and they just stand around and they chat. Um, but we're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool, but it was kind of a way that we could get men to come in and do soft skills art and have conversations. And our hope is that if we can build enough of a core audience or core participants from this, we can speak positively to the arts in our community. Because that's our goal. It's kind of the sculptures and stuff, that's that's wonderful. But our goal is to have enough people in our community going, oh, I went to an arts event and it, it changed something in me or built something for me or I gained skills, all these things that community doesn't have context that art can do. And I'm not saying that community is stupid, they're not, they just, that's not how they see art. So if we feel we can change that within the next 12 months, then we feel like we can start to bring in the more challenging art forms into our community, which is things like performing arts, poetry, writing, those things that do want to be as a participant to be a little bit more vulnerable and open. So we're sort of doing this like, start with the welding and the scary stuff and then we're going to move into the stuff that's actually scary. I would say I'm an artist in this. Yeah. I've, I've 
I've adopted a producer. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, hopefully that will change. So it would be good to talk about um, some of the challenges that people find in 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 doing a residency or being an artist in residence or coming or, or, or creating or co-creating, I should say. Really, what we're talking about is co-creating um, work with community and having for, for other people to be. I don't feel like so maybe one of you three could start just about some of some of the things that you find challenging in creating this work. Just by show of hands, who here has done the regional residency or is interested in regional residency? Is that my interest? So I I'm just gonna I'm gonna talk very broadly about how do you I feel like there's two kinds of residencies. You go out to take, so you go out with this
And so writing like a vision statement or a statement to yourself and be like, yeah. that's what we're doing and yeah. keep pointing back to that. And also that not having a community know that, so important. Even just brand language, but I even find just language that we all take for granted, even saying arts practice is really hard to just like, what? <laughs> oh my car. Oh, you're my car. So you paint then? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even just that term arts practice was really quite alienating. I saw another thing, Chloe. I went to Harvey and I saw, and I come from a town where a mural can divide a town, but I was in another town called Harvey. And um, Annette Carmichael's project had been there, the one where she was like teaching local dudes to dance, and they, they did that. And because I smoke, I stand in the shadows outside, and I couldn't get over it, because the Harvey community came out. They spoke about the men on the stage with the same fervor that they spoke about local football teams yeah. and things that they had done. So they're coming out and they're like, did you see so-and-so? And like, oh yeah, he was all right, but did you see what so-and-so did? And then you could hear this rumble of like, yeah, that's our boys. And I choked on my cigarette, yeah. but I thought it was really cool um, in that she found a way to make it accessible and palatable and create excitement, even though she delivered this highly like, you know, cool contemporary dance yeah. project. So, you know, just Yeah, her project is dope. We've, we've slated that for next year, year after. Like, it's, it's like, it's our thing of going, we'll get a net in here. But it's just taking time. And I, I, I said, I said her, like, you know, why didn't you come to Cape? Well, I could say, fine, you come to Cape. And um, <laughs> she's just like, Cape was shy, no diggity. And I'm like, well, how? how? How do we get our shires and stuff to engage and stuff that we can, is, that we can see? Oh my it's gosh. Amazing. For those of you who have not worked in a, in a, doing a local residency or tried to get a local residency happening, talking to the shires about it is one We had to go and present to our shire. It was the most confronting thing I've ever done. Because it was literally every man in the room did that, but every woman in the room did that. I was like, oh my God, no, don't let it be this way. But if you can talk to the community shire and ask them this question, does your, does your community or shire have an arts plan? Does your community or shire have a arts legacy that it is trying to preserve? Ask those two questions and see what happens because then you're more likely to be able to speak to the shire about how your project has context within what they're doing. To go to a, to go to a shire and go, I have this cool thing, and to have them reject it, heartbreaking. But if you go, what's your arts plan? What's your arts legacy? And then you go, this is how that fits in. Cool, so much easier. Or if I don't have an arts plan, go, oh, but I see you have a mental health plan. Oh, connectivity, belonging, right. Okay, guess what? Yeah. Same thing. Do other people find that with, I see you go once, Chrissy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, <coughs> I'm quite a newbie in that up, so I've been treading very carefully. Um, and we had a project funded by regional arts. <coughs> Similar situation. I did it sort of as a... Um, an internal need to make something and to bring two resident artists down there. The Shire were very, very, uh, well, they didn't have a soft cuticle, put it that way. They put, they did put barriers up, they were kind of responsive, but none of them came to see the show. So I was listening to what you were saying about people not coming. We had a lot of uh, local people turn up, which surprised me, to come and see our outcome and to our master or mistress classes. Um, <clears throat> but the Shire were, no. So that's very interesting what you're saying. 
or whatever and you see the Shire presidents you can talk to them about the particular child that they've got from the Shire in your program and that now two years down the track is really paying off because when you start to talk about individuals in the community it makes the councillors and Shire people really self-aware and then they start to backpedal to be like start to engage with you sounds incredibly manipulative as I say it out loud. Right? <laughs> There's positive manipulation and negative yeah. manipulation. <laughs> so we did some good work there, Alex, and it's, yeah. it's paying off. So yeah, like the bit it takes time. I'll send you a list of the names yeah. of the shires that they belong <laughs> to. Oh, sorry. Uh, I just want to bring Annette Carmichael back into the yeah. room, yeah. even though she's not here, yeah. because her work is extraordinary and significant. And I've learned a lot from her as being the 
not right now, but the performing lines audience development artist in the region for St. Tails for probably five different projects. Mm. So her that might I'm just realizing you worked on Shiva. I do work on Shiva. Lots of lots that of so this is what, and, and I don't know where this model came from Annette or from performing lines or, or where Ausdance, she, she was the first one. Mm, that was the first part. So that, that Annette arrived in Margaret River, that's the net, and came and knocked on my door. Okay, we've got the show, we need an artist in the community who's interested to, to ignite the community about the show. And we want to give you the opportunity to create something, something that is the first part of the show, or it's the, it's the, the curtain as it's called And we want to be really interested in how you might do that, how you engage, what genre you might use, blah, 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 blah. So she came to me. And so I went, oh, yeah, okay, great, sure. within your community, um, how do people find the workload of that? And, you know, is that a challenge? Is it, is it hard? Or, or, or are you driven by, by your project and, and your line of inquiry and you believe, you know, that this is gonna make an impact in your community? I guess I'm just talking, thinking about the work and how do you survive? If you are doing that much work um, and, and having to build relationships over a really long time, obviously you're, you're passionate and you want to do that, but what's, you know, as artists, and how do you reconcile that? There is that extra burden as well of responsibility um, when you're dealing with people in a community who, like, in our case, because we're going to leave, but they live there, and we're sharing their very, very, very personal stories. Like there's a huge responsibility around like what what's the legacy of that that we leave like 
we really take that so seriously because, yeah, just understanding how that's going to feel to them and the people around them in their community. When we've gone and gone, like, okay, that's fun, we've, we've done the show. Yeah, that we really, that, that's, a, that's a massive weight for us when we go mm -hmm. in and, and start the project. When I'm, sorry, I, when I said work, I, I didn't mean artwork. Yeah, I but I just felt labor. like that is an extra yes, something to consider. element to yes. consider because that's, yeah, that's at the front of our mind as yeah. well. When yeah. we're engaging people, as soon as we meet people, yeah. it's like I have to be responsible for your story. You found that too, Chloe, haven't you, kind of intensely, yeah. yeah. But that's, and that's just because, again, it's our community's first time engaging with that and because they've had such a raw negative experience with two particular projects, it's at the front of their mind, so they are very, very protective and also, like, we've done the dumb thing of we took over a space that used to be the old club rooms, the old football club rooms, which they're not anymore, and, you know, they're not owned by Yukani or anything like that, but, um, you know, now there's this, this feeling of, like, oh, taking away a space from us, and they're like, oh, it's an empty and abandoned model in the community. But, so, what I would say to, the, like, the labour of doing all that, like, groundwork and, and all of that kind of stuff, that, that exists. Because there is, a, there's a missing person within within the community role, and I don't know whether this, you know, sits under local government or if this sits under if you have a performing arts venue that's a community liaison person, or if this sits within, like I don't know where that role fits, but there's a person in the community or in regional communities who's currently missing and can really feel it in towns, which is that which is a, a, a touchstone or a connection point or a community mentor or someone, and we need that person to exist, and so we're constantly recreating that. Constantly, when running residencies or whatever you're doing, it's often the art teacher at the school. Like if we do stuff for awesome arts, like it is the art teacher is that person, but then they're taking on that emotional labor and they're doing it for free. So my sort of this is a long-term question. This is long-term question to state and federal government beyond local government is kind of like, can they see the value in creating community mentors and creating that role? And can they see can, if we have that role, what is the net benefit? Yeah. yeah, but the other thing I found, I went to some really small communities, not in WA and Victoria, but 
that information of what happened before. Yeah. So they, yeah. They sometimes, yeah, that unexpected people, like I really really what you said that sometimes I found going into the school, like if I was doing something, nothing to do with the school, with other community members, then I'd say, oh, can I just check what the school has done? Because they, because you know, so people would say, oh, you're one of those dancers that came through here a few years ago. So, oh, no, 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 I'm doing a storytelling project. Oh, we had some other mob come through and, you know, just trying to work out what's come before you so that you're aware of what their experience was and who the person then who was kind of um, conduit. And I think just yeah, knowing what's happened in that town over a couple of 10 years, because that, that living memory of what they've had can influence how they respond to you. I think it's a really, really Because I've seen artists who don't do that, who strike up and go, I'm here, I have yeah. to have us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, hang on. <laughs> So we're going to now do this with you. Yeah. You know, we're going to move here and we're going to start this theatre company. We've never done this before, and it's just like, quite honestly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel like there are too many cheesy movies like that. Yeah. 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 They did some stuff in the winery for very rich people, but they did not. So can I ask, um, just, um, I know that we've had a lot of conversations with Surf at Western Showcase. We, we, venues because in some ways when, when you're talking like I know you, you were connected to Arts Margaret River um, Margaret but you know in a lot of the regional communities there are performing arts centres um, which may not be the best place but also they feel to me that they should be a conduit for knowing what's happening in the arts in their community but Stuff still so high. but still at, mm. still like when we have these conversations which is what we've been finding you know um, Community well, venues who who are they they, they like, love the idea of, of, of having a residency or, or um, but they just never like what's the what's the disconnect is it because they don't have a person who's in their their venue so they can't um, they don't have a network yeah I'm just surprised at how little they know about their community yeah. <laughs> 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 a model I. And I think in West Australia, certainly in South Wales, of the community arts. And that role. The community arts liaison. Community arts officer. Office we're talking. Yeah. 1980s and 90s. Yeah. Community arts. Officer. In the council or in, in the, the venue? In the shire, in the council, based there, and <coughs> artists work in that role. And it, it did, we did have that, we had really strongly, and we got that in our town. All sorts of stuff was activated again because that person was in. And it became called Community Development Officer. So it kind of got theorised. And then it becomes the Economic Development Officer. Once it became Community Development, it was like, okay, this person's role, that person's got to think of it, I've got to do this, this, and this. And who's the community? That's right. Yeah, that's right. So I was. They become part of the tourism development. Yeah, and yeah. or archiving the yeah. library, or you know, yeah. it's, yeah, they really <laughs> sort of got swiped sideways, and and, and that's corporatisation of shires over that. Um, but but yes. the point is that that was a funder position, yeah. and those. Mm. I, I mean, I have worked on countless projects during that period because I've been able to work with that person to have the community to economy to. Vaughan said, you know, I have 
get certainly in, uh, in, in diverse spaces, you can start to activate councils because they want to tick boxes, mm. which is great, but it's not because they're connected. And now they're running for shopping <coughs> arts centres and going, oh, what do we do? You know, yeah. it's like, oh, this is so big and how many people? Why are we talking about buildings? You know, so I would love to see those positions Metropolitan and regional shires mm. and councils to get that person inside there, who's an artist. And like through your residencies and um, or for anybody, like what is the impact? I guess that's another thing. Through the projects that you've done, what do you believe is the impact on the community? <laughs>
have a list at your at your theatre of every single company who's come through, what time, what day, which school, those things. They become the touch points where people go, like it activates the memory that time when that happened. That's all that's missing. That's all that's missing to make visual arts and performing arts. A prop on your one of your puppets somewhere that Just, everyone goes to. But I would add to that story. You know, but if you're working on an arena story and someone knows that person's backstory, in, in the performance, they don't work together in that space of intimacy where they share backstory and I've got to know each other. That is everything because they're not just looking in the face of someone whose name they can't quite look at. They actually know that person and I think that that is huge in terms of story and, and sharing story. And, and sharing community. And sharing community, being community. Yes. Yeah.
take a chat in a coffee break if you like, because we're working quite closely with Fremantle and Ireland at the moment, so it's oh, yeah. seeing how Classic example. Yeah, funding yeah. them. But that sounds like an opportunity though as well, for a different way of potentially engaging in a residency and, yeah. and being supported to do that. Is that yeah. what you think? I'm, I'm interested in, from a critical perspective right. as well as a, you know, putting it forward as a model, because I can see that there's two sides, or multiple sides to it being something yeah. can be invasive.